Happy New Year, Highlight Church. Hey, I want to ask my wife to stay up on the stage with us um, for a few minutes. Um, thank you, worship team. Let's give them a hand clap. They did amazing. Come on up. Impromptu. Yeah, very impromptu. You guys have a seat out there. Thank you. <laughs> You're really up here because I'm nervous, and I'm always nervous. So. But no, um, I just want you to reflect on the first two months of the, you know, of our church's existence. Um, What do you think God has in store for our house, spiritual house? Um, Just encourage us for for a few minutes here. It's just totally whatever. Um, Well, I know we've been speaking throughout the week. Every year it's been a word or a phrase or a verse that our family, our church, um, what we believe God is doing, we really stand upon that. And so 2015 for us was the year of preparation, and it truly was. I mean, that's when we were getting all of our documentation together. It was so much. People think, like, you just show up in a city, and the church is here. Boom, it's done. And it's not. It's not. And so it was a lot of prep, but God was so good, and he was so faithful. Um, last year was the year of multiplication. And I remember, and Child Tran, I heard him uh, say amen back there somewhere. He's our connections director. But I remember we would literally meet every Sunday um, after we set up our own church that we were um, on staff. And they knew that we were prepping to move. Like, they just knew that um, God is calling us out. And we would meet for two hours, almost three sometimes, and just talk about what does God want to do? What does God want to do at Highlight Church with the people he's calling us to? And it's going to be a slow grind, but God is going to move. And he literally multiplied us from the five that used to sit at that round table to about um, nine right before we moved. And now, I mean, our superheroes, which are our volunteers, are at you know, over 30. And so it's just amazing, you know, and we were having New Year's Eve and reflecting on the fact that last New Year's, it was like three of us. This New Year's, um, God is just so good. He's so good. And he truly was faithful just to that one word. And so this year for our house, we truly feel that God is saying, hey, it's a year of alignment. It's time to get in line with God's word, his will, his, the prayers that you're supposed to be praying, um, the people that you're called to. It's time to get aligned because when you're aligned to God's will for your life, he can do immeasurably more beyond what you can ask or imagine or have dreamt. So we really, truly believe if we all come together under one house, no division, no quarrel, no, no, n- none of those things, because we all know that's, that's of the flesh, and some may not know, but they, they are. When there are things that come against the Lord, we got to check ourselves, get back in alignment, and um, that's what we truly feel God is doing. And so for the first two months, we've just seen growth. And I know as um, a worship team, I tell my team all the time, like, we may only see two people, but if we've got to sing for the one, we sing for the one. Yeah. We sing for the one and the one that he sent. Um, and, yeah, we just we go forward with that. And I know, I mean, we, we've worshipped um, with, you know, the church we were before, and it would only be four people. By the time we were done, you know, the seats were filled. And so um, God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and I believe that in 2017, if you truly get in prayer and ask the Lord, what does my life look like at the end of 2017, call it. Just like he told Adam, call it. 
that's what I'm going to do, and that's what I'm going to bless. And we have that same power. We have that same authority um, because Jesus ultimately has taken the grave, and he's taken back the keys, and he's in control. So that's good. Amen. Let's give that a hand clap. That's amazing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have you preach today. I don't need to. You gone? (laughs) That was powerful. Yeah, one more month. Um, Yeah, man, this is the year of alignment for Highlight Church. Um, The first two years, you know, 2015, 2016, they were very tangible. This year, I just think that God is saying, hey, um, I have a a revealed will for your life um, and God's word. Um, I have a community, a church, or churches, wherever you choose to call your church home. Um, Those churches have visions, they have missions, they have uh, outreach, they have small groups, whatever church you, you find yourself a part of. I believe if you would become aligned with that, that house, um, that vision, um, that ambition, uh, I think that God would just bless your life and he would use you in ways that you can't even imagine in the year of 2017. So I know for us, for my, my lead team and uh, our directional team, uh, we, we got to get in line. Um, we we want to continue to build leaders. I don't think you should just attend church or just show up, but you ought to be intentional about finding someone that you can take and say, hey, I want to I want to disciple you. I want to pour into you. I want to build you up. I want to be there for you. I want to pray with you. It's more than just about showing up to church. It's about stepping up. So this year, my directional team is going to really have to get aligned with with what it is the Lord has placed on my heart, Um, because we're here to build leaders and not to just fill a seat. Um, But hey, Happy New Year, Highlight Church. If you want to take some time to wish your neighbor a Happy New Year, anyone around you that you don't know, go ahead and stand up and greet someone. I know we're kind of intimate this morning. Say Happy New Year. Tell them you look better this morning than you did last night. Come on now. You look better this morning than you did last night. Wow. Mm -hmm. So good. You guys want to break out the fruit punch and the barbecue? It's amazing. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm stoked about this message. I hope you are at least. Um, I was preparing. I'm stacked up on two messages, so I'm I'm ready for next week as well. Um, this is going to be good. <clears throat> Let's go to First Chronicles chapter four. I got two verses. You know, I usually do um, a whole story or something, but we got two verses this morning. This is called the Prayer of Jabez. If you've never heard of it, um, it's one of the most powerful prayers in all of Scripture. And I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about it here in a few minutes. Um, But we're going to go ahead and read 1 Chronicles chapter 4. If you have it in your phone, go ahead and pull it up. I'm using the uh, New Living Translation. If not, we have the big screens for you. Uh, This is a church for anybody. So if you didn't come with the Bible, we got you covered. If you do, if you're a real OG, you got you a Bible that you can see. Y'all show me your Bible. Someone show me your Bible. 
What you got, Alicia? What you got? Okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. Awesome. Amazing. Mama Coleman pulled it out of her purse. <laughs> oh, man, it's okay. It's okay. We got you covered. Let's go verse 9. <clears throat> it says here, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. How many of you all want your territory to expand this year? All right. All right. We got a got a majority vote. Please be with me in all that I do. And keep me from all trouble and pain. And my favorite part of this entire, this entire deal is that and God granted him his request. Are we ready? Lance ain't he over there yawning on me. Well, wake up, Lance. Come on now. I know this on podcast. The whole world knows now you're yawning on me. So um, that sounds so cool, the whole world. Anyway, so anyway, uh, the new year is an amazing time to make some, uh, you know, resolutions, right? So uh, they say the top one is, you know, uh, they say the top one is most people want to lose weight. So that's, that's number one. They say number two is if you're fit, you want to stay fit. Uh, I think number three is enjoy your life. Um, the next one is to spend some more, spend time with your loved ones. And they say around number five is to spend, uh, no, to save more and to spend less. Um, those are like your top five or, or six um, uh, New Year's resolutions. Uh, the research has shown that uh, over the past few years that only uh, 8% of people actually um, accomplished their goals. And so if we were to do the simple math, you have 92% of us, and I do say us because I'm a part of that group, we're very successful failures um, in, our, in our endeavors, in our new endeavors. And um, it, it, it just dawned on me that uh, a changed mind doesn't necessarily produce a changed life. Um, it's just it's something that comes and goes. Like, I want to wear blue tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and you wear black. Um, it, it's just, you know, you can, you can think something, you can want something, but it doesn't necessarily mean you always achieve your goal. I believe most of us head into a new year with new thoughts, new goals, new desires, um, new ideas. Um, someone told me once that uh, they know someone who has a lot of ideas, but that's just about as far as it goes. It's just ideas. They don't have that, uh, that, that it to, to, to bring it to pass. Um, I think we have these new things, these new ideas, these new goals, but what we don't often hit the reset button on is our resolve. We don't hit the reset on our resolve, meaning our, um, our consistency, our, our persistence. Like we, we, we say we want to do something day one, and we're stuck um, around day 10, day 12, and we're like, oh my God, I can't do this, and we have 353 days left in the year, and we just totally go back to our old ways that we said we wanted to escape. They say that that first uh, New Year resolution um, 
the, the lose weight one, is they say that most people give it up around day 14 of the new year because they start off so hard. Like they, they try to stop eating everything and they say, hey, I'm going to run five miles a, a, a day and I'm going to wake up at 530. I'm going to go pump iron. I'm going to do this and do that. And they say at day 14, that 92% fails. That's, that's where it cuts off. Two weeks old, your resolution is done. And so um, we set these new goals, but we don't reset our resolve. And most of the time, we become a product of our environment. So you got that 8%, then you have that 92. Like the 8 is like, uh, the 92 is like, and most of us fall into the 92. What we just read here is a, is a gentleman. His name is Jabez. And uh, if you know anything about Chronicles, the book of First Chronicles, we believe that the, the, the high priest, Ezra, was the, the author of it. That's, that's what historians believe, as well as other scribes. Um, if you read First Chronicles, and which, you, you know, I'm not judging you, but most people haven't. Um, the first nine chapters, all you see is, is Adam uh, beget Seth, and Seth beget blah, 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 and Methuselah had blah, 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 and this was the mother of this. All you read is lineages for nine chapters straight. Nine chapters Nine chapters, like this is a line that's about 20 people from the edge of that stage to me, and we're just all, that's Chronicles. Okay, the first person turned, second person turned, or the first person turned again. And then God says halfway through the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, he said, Ezra, I, I need you to stop. I need you to stop. I need you to take a pause. So back then, they, they didn't have periods and commas, and they didn't break up sentences or anything like that. But he said, I need you to stop, and I need you to pause. I need you to tell the world for the next couple thousand years about somebody. His name is Jabez. Everybody. Just a lineage. I mean, God didn't even care to stop. For, God didn't even stop. Abraham's in there. He didn't stop for Abraham. You got uh, Jacob's in there and Judah and, and Joseph, and he didn't even care to stop for these guys in Chronicles. But he says, you know, that boy Jabez, we, we got to take a note of him because he, he, he's. Ah. And then, then, then he said, ah, I can't, I can't be, can't be with the majority. And the majority started jogging. He said, ah, I can't, I can't, I can't be with the majority. I have to, I have to do something, something different. I have to start new? No, no, no. See, this is a message where I'm going to reveal the title at the end. Because it's not a new start. It's not a, it's not a restart. It's not a fresh start. Like, do you understand you get a fresh start every morning? According to Lamentations 3.23, God's grace and his mercies are renewed every morning. But we tend to respond to life the same every morning. It's not about a new start. It's not about a fresh start. In the next five minutes, I'll have a fresh start on a fresh new point. Am I going to preach it with as much passion as I'm preaching this first point? How am I going to bring in this message? Will it get better over the, over the course of the next 40 minutes? Or is it going to 
decrease because I'm, I'm looking at faces and it's like, oh, my God. So God told the prophet Isaiah, don't worry about their faces. I know you guys are leaning in, but if you just smile at me, I'll preach a little bit better this morning. If you clap or speak to me, do something. And so Jabez is actually going to teach us how to start well and finish even better. We just read his prayer. God granted it. If if we truly believe that God exists, we believe that if we took a certain approach to him and to our faith walk, that he has the power to respond to our request, especially the request that's rooted in his purpose. I haven't even given you the historical context of Jabez's situation and how God and why God even responded. We read these stories, and they're just like myths and fables as if they, they, they were just a long time ago, and we just always believed in these stories. No, these are real people. That's why the book of Chronicles is a historical account of the children of Israel, real people who actually lived, real people who God actually heard and served of his miracles. Like we, we hear the parting of the Red Sea of Moses and Pharaoh and the Egyptians getting smashed, and we oh, that's just amazing. But do you really believe it? Do you really believe that God is still the God of miracles? Then we're going to bring it down practically, and we're going to show you how you can actually encounter what God wants to grant. Because, you know, I, I can stay in the third heaven, and you go, oh, yeah, that's an amazing story. I can believe it, but then we're going to teach you how to encounter what God wants to grant, okay? I think we need to take away four things, and this is going to line us up. I think as we enter into 2017, before we hit noon, we need to do four things. We need to settle ourselves. We need to set a foundation. We need to do four things in 2017. If we're going to see God grant our request, point number one, we need to reflect. We need to reflect. We need to reflect. I was reflecting the other day on how uh, when we moved here in May, you know, I got an eight-year-old. He's amazing. And we, uh, he rides the bus to school. So we're in a new neighborhood. He goes to a new school. He doesn't have any friends. A personal goal I set before his school year began is that I want to take him to the bus stop every morning um, before school. And I, I haven't been totally successful at that. Um, I would even say before winter break started, honest confession, um, four out of those five days, I didn't make it to the bus stop. So you're going to have to get me later, babe. It's cold. But I, I set him up to meet with his best friend, Peter, and his, his mom. So he was fine. Um, and I felt bad about that because, I, I, you know, he's still a, a young boy, and we're still in a new city. He's still getting adjusted. And as his father, I'm like, I need to be there. And these are just special moments. I felt terrible. But then I reflect and I, I think about the year of, of multiplication and, and preparation with, with our moving team. And I say, wow, we set out for a year. We, we talked about this church. We sat in my mother-in-law's living room, a round table and a couch, and set up seven of us. And, and we just kind of strategized for an entire year about moving here. And then uh, April, March of, of last year, 
You guys quit your jobs. You put in your two-week notices. You kissed your loved ones goodbye, and you move to a city that you, you've only been to once for about 15 minutes, and you're like, hey, we're here. We're going to start a church because God has called us here, and now we know amazing people, and uh, we're, we're just glad to be here serving you. And so that's an accomplishment to be proud about. Um, when you reflect, that's something to be proud about. I, I think it's important to reflect on the past before you can project into the future. I just, I just think it's important for us to reflect on the past before you can project into the future. First Chronicles um, 4.9a says that um, Jabez's mother gave him birth and named him Jabez because he was born in pain. She brought him sorrow. She brought him pain. So as Jabez reflects, before he actually prays, I'm sure he reflects and he meditates before he goes to God at a certain point of his life. And um, he, he, he begins to identify the fact that his life has been rooted and characterized by pain. His life has been rooted in and characterized by pain. Um, my mom labeled me, you're a pain. When you were born, you were a pain. When you're two, you were a pain. As a 10-year-old, you were a pain. You caused trouble. And so the society and the community that he would have been raised in would have seen him Hebrew-wise. They would have understood that this kid is a pain. So he would have suffered from loneliness, rejection, being misunderstood. He would have suffered from probably depression and stress, and he would have had suicidal thoughts. He, he would have felt as though God had not known him and forgotten about him. Why did you create me? Why am I even here? What, what is my purpose? His life would have been rooted in pain. Pain. And then he would have experienced pain. You're not good enough. You're too short. You're too small. You're too big. You're not smart enough. Just all these things, pain, 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 he would have reflected. And a lot of you will say, hey, pastor, I know it's a new year and I'm in church, but I can relate to that Jabez guy. I'm in pain. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm married. My wife and I, my husband and I haven't had intimacy, and I'm, I, I didn't say a bad word. That's a clean one now. Haven't had intimacy in months. I don't even know if he's attracted to me anymore. I don't know if she's attracted to me anymore. And people want to get married. <laughs> That's painful. Then we got to have the weird talk about it. But, but what we do is we numb the pain. It's okay. We're, we're tired. We're tired. I'll catch you next week. Next week. All right. So just pain, pain. And some of you will say, you know, I, I entered into 2016 debt-free. Now I have more debt than I could, could ever imagine having. That's painful. Some of you wanted to be promoted this year. You actually got fired or laid off. For some of you, I don't know, you went to school and you went to college and you thought it was going to be a certain way and it's not a certain way. Follow me today now. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I, I, I've told you a while ago, Jesus, Jesus himself preached like this. We're not going to stay back here and teach you verse for verse. That's why today we have study Bibles. Go and study your own Greek and Hebrew. I'm trying to teach life. This is life. This is good. This is going to hit you. If it's not hitting you now, it will hit you. Pain will come. 
Just because it's a new year, the devil loves new years. He loves to beat on new things. He loves, he loves to start new projects. He loves to put, put something in your face. He loves to tempt you. He loves to get you off your rocker. This is a new year, but it means it's a new opportunity for the kingdom of darkness to come against you. You got you to bulk it up. You got to toughen up. You got to hear this message because pain is coming this year. It's a promise. Jesus said it. In this world, you will have trouble. And so it ain't all good is what you'll tell me. I love chemistry and in physics. They teach you how um, like two negatives, when they come together, they repel. And, and when you put together two positives, nothing really happens. No, no magnetic attraction occurs. But if you put a negative with a positive, it comes together. Um, even on coins, coins, especially American coins, you have tails and you have heads. It's, you have good, you have bad. You have black, you have white. Um, you have the church, you have the world. In this fallen world, bad is always, watch me as you reflect, linked to good. So you would sit here and say, Pastor, it ain't all good. I'll sit here and tell you, it ain't all bad. It ain't all bad, and it won't be all bad. And so what you have to see is this, is that in your time of reflection, there's an opportunity for you to identify progression. When it wasn't so good this year, there are parts and points in your life in which you've grown in your emotions, in your heart. You've grown stronger. You've become more patient. You've become more wiser. You've become more dependent. You've, you've become more thorough. You've become more, more of an assassin to the kingdom of darkness. You've, you've, you've gotten freer simply because you were bound and now you're free. You've come to understand that God is a deliverer. You were sick. God healed you. You, you came to find out that God is a healer. You, you, were, you were broke and God, God provided. You, you found out that God was a provider. Maybe you're sitting good now, but let me remind you, there was a point in which you were praying for that job. And some of you right now, you're starting off 2017 not thinking you would start it off this way. But let me assure you, if you would just reflect on the past when he, he provided at a certain point, you, that's, that's easy math. He's going to provide. I need somebody to clap right now because you're sleeping on me. You got you to gotta respond. You got to. Let me, let me. This ain't even in my notes. Let me teach you something again here about worship. If we're waiting for, like, a keyboard and a drum set, you're done. Like, if you like this church and the environment and the preaching, like, get with it when it's worship time. You're done. Like, you, you don't need people to move you to worship. God is a good God. Even if we were a cappella up here and it was just my wife, you need to lift those hands and clap those hands. You, you need to press in to praise and worship. Go ahead. Don't leave her alone. Don't leave Bonita alone. You have to teach yourself how to praise and worship God. You cannot be conservative when it comes to praise. You can't be conservative. The, the, numbers, the number 17 in the Bible represents overcoming the enemy. If, if the enemy knows that this is his year to be completely defeated in your life, because you have two 
numbers of perfection there. You have 10 and 7 put together. That means total victory over the enemy. The first place he's going to attack you is your lack of praise. And if you can't praise him when a new church is kind of skimpy on the stage, you're for darn sure you're not going to praise him in your room by yourself. You need to get a praise in your heart. You need to get some worship in your spirit. You need to get some praise in your car. Y'all, clap it up. Come on, come on. I am trying to teach you how to war. I don't know why. This is not even in my... I feel as though the enemy is out this year. More than ever. And you're going to have to reflect and remember that he's a deliverer. And so... It ain't all good, it ain't all bad. God was turning your pain into a launch pad of progression. Paul said this in Philippians 3.14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul said there's a lot I remember. There's a lot I can reflect on. He was talking to the Philippian church, a persecuted church. This is his most joyous letter. He's in prison. I know a lot of things happened in the past, but I forget those things and I press on because with all the bad, I see the progression. It's vital to reflect so you can see the progress. It gives you a reason to press and you're getting closer to your prize. Number two today, before we even touch noon, in 2017, we're going to have to accept. So we got to reflect and we have to accept the verse says that he was the one, don't worry about, just follow me, First Chronicles 10. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel that you would bless me and expand my territory. Yeah. We have to accept. You're going to like this story. So uh, my wife was, and I, I was doing the same thing. She was praying for me 20, 2012, the end of 2012 to midway 2013 for, for me to propose um, to her. I know this because she told me. Um, and I, I was praying as well. Uh, she, she, she just knew that, that God had called us to, to be together and uh, despite the circumstances involved. Um, and she accepted me for who I was, just me, period. She had accepted that um, I had a desire to, to bring forth all my love, all my support, all my strength into the marriage, even though I didn't have much tangibility to offer. The reason I say that is because um, the, one of the things that slowed me down from proposing to her was the fact that I couldn't afford uh, the ring that I wanted to get her. Um, <laughs> when I tell you the ring I got her was a couple hundred dollars, like literally a couple <laughs> hundred dollars. I was uh, part-time at the hospital. I was volunteer staff at a huge church. Uh, our, our, our lead team can tell you how that goes. Um, it can take all your time. I just, I didn't have the income. Living with my mom, helping her out, this is where most of my money went. Let me tell you something, in 2017, I had made a crazy purchase on a car that I shouldn't have made. So, like, all my money was going in two different directions. Literally a couple hundred bucks. So I remember when I proposed to her, it was weird. I mean, I wasn't taught any better. I didn't look up YouTube videos. She was, um, she was taking a nap 
And uh, I worked night shift. And so uh, it was like 6 o'clock. I had gotten dressed. She was knocked out. And I kind of just came to the bed. I'm like, ah. Wake up, babe. She's like, what are you doing? I said, um, will you marry me? <laughs> and she was like, really? I said, yeah. And we, we hugged, and it was all good. I wanted to do it and leave because, I don't know, I didn't want her to really celebrate around me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so shy. That's why I don't even understand why I'm on stage in front of people. I'm such an introvert. Like, you, you should see me at the uh, New Year's gathering. We had a few friends over. I didn't come down until, like, 930, and it started at 9 because I just, even people I love, I'm like, uh. So, anyway, so, um, yeah, I need to speed up. I'm totally running out of time. So, what, what was interesting is that she... She accepted the ring, and she knew it wasn't like a two-carat diamond. Um, But her acceptance of the ring represented that she accepted me. We need to. She accepted me. Um, What's interesting is this, is that we often tell God, like, look, we, we want it in this size. We want it at this amount. We want it this color. We want this and this and this. Because we're only willing to ask for and accept what we can quantify. Um, We want to qualify it and quantify it. We're only willing to accept it. And if God doesn't give it to us in this way, well, we don't want it. We we don't want it if you can't give it to me in this way. I love Jabez. Jabez, history believes that he was in a time of war. He was clearing out space. He was clearing out land. So when he asked God to expand his territory... What he was saying is that, Lord, I'm a righteous man. I'm an honorable man. What I need for you to do is expand my influence. I need more people on my team so we can do more of what you've called us to do, so we can be blessed corporately and together. So in essence, his, his desire, what he wanted, what, what he wanted to accept from God was God's purpose and God's plan. Now, let's take a step back here. We have to accept. The value of the ring had no comparison and has no comparison on the quality of our marriage. Nor can it qualify or describe our day-to-day and just how blessed we are to be with one another. What am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying that we need to start to ask God to bless us and to bless us as much as he wants to bless us. And not just that. We need to begin to accept, this is the key in 2017, accept that God actually wants to give us his best. Accept that God wants to give us his best. In 2017, God wants us to ask for the overflow. Jabez's asking is a reflection of his accepting. Psalm 31, 19 says this, how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. I love it. I love it because I can't, I can't like see spiritual eyes. We know that God, according to the Bible, he resides in the third heaven. You have three heavens, the sky you see, the vault, which is space, and then the third heaven, 
is this dimension that you can't see with your spiritual eyes. That's where we believe the spirit of God resides. God is spirit, John 4, 24, according to Jesus. We can't see him. But what I try to picture when I read the Bible, I try to, I try to see it with my own eyes. What I see is this. I see like a vault in heaven, huge. And it says, um, good things in store for Joshua Redding. April 4th, 1987, dash, whatever that date is. I don't want to know the date. You tell me later, God. The Bible says that it is appointed for each man to die once and then meet their maker. So God knows the date I'll be dying and meeting him. So there's this big vault, and, and what's in that vault is everything that heaven has in store for me. Uh, let me let me paint this a, a bit better. So we we store we store uh, our equipment at U-Haul, and we we pay like I said thirteen thousand dollars for this. The lobby, uh, praise God for the the boxes that we pack them in. We store this because we came to the city and we continue to set up as superheroes simply because we want people to have a place to worship God experience community, hear the word of God, encounter Jesus. So what do we have in store? We have something good for people in store. So when you get here, you're served hot coffee, you have comfortable seats to sit in, and you can just have a great experience, go home and feel blessed. God is saying that I have so much in store for people, but I can't deliver it unless they accept the truth that I actually want to bless them. This is, this is God's word. There is more in store for you. And then I love the second part of this verse. It says here, it says, blessing them before the watching world. Which means that when God blesses you, he wants the world to notice. Because the fact that God's hand is over your life points people to him. You have to accept that he wants to bless you. If you haven't accepted it, he can't deliver it. Before we move into another hour this year, we have to reject. Jabez said, please be with me in all that I do, verse 10, and keep me from all trouble and pain. Reflect, accept, reject. Jabez identified that his pain mostly was self-inflicted and self-nursed. What he's saying is, God, I need you to keep me because of the decisions I've made. They have caused me pain. All right. So anyone ever heard of Dikembe Mutombo? Yeah. He's like the second all-time blocking leader in the NBA. So if you were to dribble the ball, go to the rim and try to dunk, he was going to block it. Just get that crap out of here. And they, and they call it rejection. Just get that crap. Then his signature thing became this. No, 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 no. He's, he's from Congo, Africa. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It was an intimidating finger. That sucker was long. Just no, no, no. Like he blocked all the greatest. He blocked Michael Jordan. He, he, he even, I think he even got uh, Magic Johnson a few times. He blocked Kobe Bryant. He blocked all the greats, all the greats. No, 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 no. And so I love this because most of the time when he blocked a shot, he blocked it with his right hand. Now, the, the, the New Living Translation doesn't do us any justice because Jabez actually asked the Lord in this verse, he says, keep me with your mighty hand. In Hebrew culture, the right hand represents the hand of blessing, power, and the presence of God. 
So in essence, what he's saying is keep me in your arms. It's amazing because when my baby boy runs to me and, and we embrace one another and he ends up in my arms and in my hands, if you go to try to reach for him in that moment, he doesn't want to have anything to do with you because his most precious place, the most blessed place he's in is in the hands of his father. And he comes to find out that that's the safest place he can be. This is what's interesting to me is that when I'm embracing my father, when I've accepted my father, I'm simultaneously rejecting things that can cause me pain. No, 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 no. You have to wake up every morning wanting the embrace in the hand of God over your life, your relationships. You have to want his wisdom for your finances. You have to want his plan for your health. You have to want his hand of power, blessing, and his presence over your life every single day. And when you do that, when you want God, when you want to be kept, when you ask God to keep me, what you're saying is, is that outside of your presence, I am susceptible to sorrow. I'm susceptible to struggle. I'm susceptible to pain. I'm susceptible to being let down outside of your grace, outside of your presence, outside of your hand. I can't stand a chance. Come on. Thank you, Brittany. I'm about to faint up here. It's time to deprive access to the agents that bring pain into our lives. I love how he started, though, because he identified that most pain is self-inflicted. So we're not just saying, we're going to stop this. No, no, no. You need to begin to no, no, no to your laziness. Why can't I? Oh, you're lazy. No, no, no to your excuses. My excuses. What else I got on this list? No, no, no to some of those friends. It's the friends that don't want to go anywhere that have you in a place where you can't grow. You need to say no, no, no. This year, you're going to ask yourself again, am I going to go back to school this semester? Go to school. Just do it. Just do it. Take a few classes. You need to say no, no, no to a lack of desiring to be great. You have to want to be great this year. You have to say no, no, no. When they want to deny you the promotion, you got to show up. You ain't going to deny me this promotion. You're not going to hold me back. Devil, you're not going to deny me my blessings in 2017 because I'm kept in his hand. And we may not be able to reject all trouble and pain, but where I choose to be is directly linked to the life that I like to experience. You're not going to reject all pain and sorrow, but you can choose to be somewhere, and that's in the hands of God. Every second of every day, when you're with him, you're choosing to go in the direction and to live the life you like to experience. Um, I know for, for, for myself, it hasn't always been easy being a follower of Christ. 
um, since the age of 19, great timing. Um, but you know, I'm living in a season of my life where it's not perfect, but I'm winning. I'm winning. And this isn't about me. I'm just, I'm trying to bring it in. Jesus said that, man, if you, he only knew the heart of the Father. He, he made it so interpersonal. The Pharisees had turned it into a religion. It had to be a certain way. You had to look a certain way. You had to think a certain way. You had to have a certain level of education to even speak to the Pharisees. Jesus said, if you only knew the heart of the Father, and if you have a renewed resolve, we start out at the top of the year with God. By Valentine's Day, we're still single. Or the relationship that we're in is still tough. And we're like, yeah, God's not, God's not working. Um, you got to stick with him. My last point, point number four, I think we, we spelled it wrong. I, it, the point number four is this. Before we enter into the next hour, we have to expect Expect, expect. First Chronicles 4.10b says, and God granted him his request. Ah. An expectation is a strong belief that something will or someone will turn out to be a certain way. Um, to expect, that's, that's awesome, is uh, expectation is a function of faith. And a lot of us are afraid to expect in a specific way when it comes to our relationship with God. Um, I have a strong belief that my life uh, will be blessed continually, Con- continually. It doesn't, it doesn't stop today. It will continue to be blessed. I have a strong expectation that my wife uh, will be blessed and my children this church and everyone a part of it will be blessed and that we are going to be a blessing to this area. Um, Expectation is just powerful. What's important about this verse is that the Bible doesn't tell us how frequently Jabez requested and expected God to move. It just tells us in an account. The danger about reading the scripture sometimes is we have to understand that it's an executive summary. So to say that, you know, Jabez was born in pain, he prayed to the God of Israel, blah, 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 and God did it, and he just dropped it. That's as if to say as soon as he was born, he prayed and God did it. Well, how's he going to be old enough to experience the blessing? Nine times out of ten, he was like 80. When he looked back on his life and he saw on every occasion that God had moved. And so it goes back to that resolve thing. I can't expect greatness from anything that I'm not willing to stick with. And this this generation has to get that. I I know some of my older folks in here, we get that. But this this millennial generation, we got to get that in our hearts. That I can't expect greatness from anything I'm not willing to stick with. If I can't submit to leadership, if I can't honor my managers, 
if I can't study long and hard, if I can't stay single and faithful to God, if I can't live in purity in my intimacy, I can't expect anything great to come out of it. Jabez had to pray, and he had to pray, and he had to submit, and he had to believe, and he had to expect, and he had to believe, and he had to expect, and he had to believe, and he had to expect, and he had to believe, and he had to expect, and he had to believe. For six years, I've expected this church to happen. Six years, been praying. Six years, went through a very tough time. Not going to get in details at the last church we were at, but look, God had to use that time to get us here because I wouldn't have been any good for the season I'm currently in. But you got to expect and keep moving. Now, I don't, I don't want to just leave us hanging here. This is the part where we, we, we kind of transition. So um, I've been, for the past nine years, I've been, fasting. Uh, five with my wife. We've, we've laid a foundation by which we can build our expectation. Um, and so I remember in 2013, my wife herself actually prayed the prayer of Jabez over my life. You ought to pray the prayer of Jabez over your life and over your children's life. Lord, bless them indeed. Bless me indeed. Expand my territory. Um, keep me with your hand, keep me from pain and struggle, and then expect that the Lord wants to actually grant that to your life. She, we've, we've laid the foundation, waking up five in the morning, first three days of our 21-day fast for the past five years together, all water. Get yourself some medical advice before you join us this year. All water fast. We would stay in our pajamas all day. We would read our Bibles. We would put on worship music, and we went to sleep. We didn't go to work. First three days, we went straight Moses, Jesus status. The last 18, we transitioned into the Daniel fast, fruit, vegetables, fruit juice, and water. And I'm going to teach more about this over the next four weeks. We don't have time to teach about fasting. But what we did is every year, we made a, a, a fasting prayer list. Chris can tell you this. This stuff works. This stuff works. You, you, you can't just expect great things without knowing the heart of God. Like, I want a husband. Okay. This is what I've said. Let me know what you want. But trust me in that process. Trust me in the timing. Write it down. Habakkuk uh, chapter 2. He's a minor prophet in the Old Testament. The prophet was instructed by God to stand at, at, the, at the rampart. So, number one, you got to position yourself. And then position yourself during fasting. And then number two, he says, I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to give you a vision. Write the vision. Though it lingers, it will come to pass. Then, 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 then we, we got to look at other examples by which foundations were built. Before Moses delivered two million people from the stronghold of Pharaoh, what did he do? Forty days he fasted and prayed, and he received the law, the word. Before Jesus started his ministry, he was probably 29 
years old, before he turned 30, he, he went to the wilderness cold at night, uh, scorching hot during the day, 40 days, no water. I didn't do the Jesus one. That junk's crazy. No water, no food. And he took the enemy and he put him in a headlock after these three major temptations that he was so successful with Adam and Eve. Do you know Adam and Eve got us in trouble because of eating? Come on, babe. Come on, babe. You got to help me because they ain't helping me. They, they learning right now. That's why they ain't helping me. We'll get them in two or three years. Everyone in this joint to be clapping. You know, we got in trouble because we ate food. So you know what Jesus had to do before he started his ministry? He had to deny food. <laughs> and so the Bible says that when he came out of the wilderness after 40 days of fasting and prayer, it said that he left in the power of the Spirit. And he was able to accomplish and receive everything he expected to receive from the Father. That was you and I souls. That's what he wanted. He wanted us. You got to. You got you to gotta lay a foundation for your expectation. Jesus put it like this in Mark 9, 29, King James Version. I got you. Because it won't say it in New Living Translation. It'll just say prayer. There was a father that came to Jesus, a demon-possessed boy. The disciples couldn't do anything with him. Jesus was sitting there like a doctor cutting up an apple, not really caring about it because he created demons. Demons just turned against him. He created them. He has all power. He's like, what's going on with this kid? He's throwing himself in the fire and in the water. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Your disciples couldn't do anything. He's just like, oh, my God, you faithless generation. Bring the boy to me. How long has this been happening? Watch this. We all like to say that God has a plan for our lives. As soon as you come out the womb, so does the enemy. The father said, as of a baby. Jesus calmly casted the demon out, lifts up the boy. The boy walks away. I'm free. I'm delivered. I want to follow Christ. We don't know. He may have became a historic apostle in a village nearby. We don't know who this kid was, but I believe he changed the world. Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, New King James and King James, I think just King this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Clap that up right now. You have to, 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 you have to. Some of us have been raised in churches. We haven't been taught thoroughly about fasting, nor just how powerful it is, how redemptive fasting is. And we wonder why, man, I want to grow a little bit more in, in the Lord. I want to, uh, I can't break this addiction. I, uh, I've been waiting on this. And, well, you've been uninformed about what you actually have at your side. So I expect you to be blessed. I expect you to grow. I expect you to fulfill your potential. I expect... The expansion over your life. Therefore, you have to stretch. We got to become uncomfortable this year. 
What you expect in the end determines how you begin. We don't need a fresh start. We don't need a new start. What we need, what we need is a rare start. We need a rare start, a different start, a unique start. We need an 8% start, not a 92% start, right? The word rare means unusually remarkable. Well, we all agree that an extended fast, and you pray, whether you want to join it for a day, three days, five, seven, 10, 21, we would all agree that starting the new year off on a 21-day fast That's pretty rare for my life. But because Jabez was such a rare breed, he received rare results from the Lord. If this was powerful, give it a hand clap.